episode 171 of Brutal Battle. Yes, uh, Dan Kim. It's Dan Kim again, and you'll say, wow, Dan Kim was on not too long ago, and there's a reason, because I just kind of, when we were done with that, that recording session, I felt like it wasn't enough. You know what I mean? I feel like I didn't get enough Dan Kim in my life at that point. It's a common affliction. <laughs> From what I've heard, yes, it is. Um, so I, I really wanted you to come back because, to be honest, I feel like we always have really good conversations. Mm-hmm. And if people haven't figured out, I kind of temper what the actual subject matter is with who the guest is. I didn't know you did that. I do. I intentionally choose certain things. but And uh, I feel like, Dan Kim, you're kind of one of the, the people where I can have a lot more opinion-based stuff. Because uh, other people... They don't want to say as much, and some people it's more from like the technical aspect of things, and it's kind of a wide range. So, so future guests, remember, if the topic that Carlin gives you is, what is your favorite color and why? <laughs> what is your favorite color of beer, maybe, and why? <laughs> then you might not be like the best guest, <laughs> guest that is. You might not be. But... Uh, usually we do beer Googles. We're not going to do beer Googles on this episode, but going to bring it back for the next episode. Um, and the reason we're not doing beer Googles is because we're going to do a warm-up beer for this. Hee-haw. Yeah. So, um, I promised Dan Kim that we could have something very fun when he came on as a warm-up beer, and I am going to deliver on that right now. Uh, this is something that we brought back from our North Carolina trip. It's from Wicked Weed. Big surprise, Wicked Weed's amazing. Uh, it's their Silencio, which is a bourbon barrel-aged black sour ale fermented with coffee and vanilla. What does it mean to be a black sour ale? Okay, so a lot of sours are um, sour blonde ales. So it's just basically what's what's your base beer that you're going to start with. Like, is it going to be like... Is it going to be a light beer? Like, what's your style? Like, literally, you can make any style of beer a sour. Oh, so start. So this could be this. They could have just uh, the like base beer could be like. Stout. Oh, okay. Well, something I was, I was like thinking a, like a brown ale or something, but yeah, they could do brown ale, do porter stout. <laughs> you can do anything, honestly. But it's you know, sour blondes have have been shown to be the best, and then there are some really good sour stouts out there, like. Um, the brewery Tarted Darkness, like that is mm-hmm. a really good sour stout. And they actually call it a sour stout. They're just saying black ale here because I don't know if it necessarily is a stout at the base. Uh, mm-hmm. It could be, it could not be because people could just say black ale. But. I, wonder if, I mean, I didn't realize you could sour any different styles. So could you sour a lager as well? Probably. Probably wouldn't taste very good. Oh, okay. Although, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look into that just because the, the bacteria... I would think it would depend when you're throwing the bacteria in. Like, if you're trying to kettle sour, mm-hmm. then maybe that would work. But regular, like, um, wild fermentation, stuff like that, uh, I don't think it would necessarily work because the cause lagers have to be uh, done at a much lower temperature. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I don't know. Well, you could also, like, just do different um, stuff with different yeast. Like, you could do, like, a Saison yeast or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do whatever cool. you want. Well, now I want diff- more more varieties of sours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so obviously, it, when it says black sour ale, I mean it's 
dark. It's black. Like, I yeah. really... I mean, the lighting's not the best where we are at the moment. Oh, actually, I can see... It looks like a Coca-Cola. Yeah, it kind of does. It's got, like, a tad bit reddish-brownish mm-hmm. around the edges. There's no carbonation. Well, there's there are a few large bubbles that popped up out of the bottom when I first poured it, but it's flat now. Yeah, I mean, you can smell the tartness, but I also smell, yeah. like... Maybe like cherries or something in there? Yeah, there's definitely like a dark cherry smell. I mean, it it, it kind of smells like a Coke, too. It does, yeah. I get a lot of uh, a lot of that kind of cola-type smell typically from like um, Flanders Browns, like sour brown ales. Mm-hmm. Those a lot of times will give that. Or like a Oud Brune or something like that? Or... Yeah, same thing. Okay. Oud Brune, Flanders Brown. Oh, are those the same thing? Yeah, oh, okay. sour brown, all the same. Um, yeah, I mean, you smell the tartness. I do agree with the cherry aspect. I smell a little bit of the coffee, but that's probably just because I know it's there. I'm also getting a little of that vanilla too. Yeah, I don't really get much of the bourbon on the nose. <sighs> no, not yet. Maybe it's in the taste. There's a little carameliness, which is probably what that bourbon's doing to it. So taste it. I'll let you take the lead because I actually have had this beer a few times before. Well, the first thing you get is um, the sour puckeriness, but it's not slam you in the face. It's pretty manageable. And then I get a lot of that cherry note that we were smelling and Mm -hmm. a lot of the vanilla, too. Yeah. I'm not getting... A lot of coffee. I'm not getting a lot of coffee or bourbon, but it's definitely tasty. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think... Well, I'm getting a little bit of a caramely aspect in there, and I think that's what the bourbon is bringing to this mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, I get a little bit of the coffee if I really concentrate. I don't get a ton of it at the moment, right. but that may change as it gets warmer because this is still pretty cold. I remember when you so. um, you told me about uh, you just gave me the title of this beer, or yeah, uh, uh, in preparation to this, and the thing I immediately thought of was that you know. Uh, beers with coffee are you're typically told drink it fast because coffee dissipates Mm -hmm. but then this is barrel aged so it's interesting that they chose to do a flavor like coffee that is known to dissipate in uh in a a preparation that you know inherently takes a lot of time yeah so it was it was an interesting choice but maybe the coffee's maybe not bringing specific coffee flavor but maybe there's like a something that happening in the background that it's lending to but yeah, I um, I have had beers before that, you know, it's just like a coffee stout. Mm-hmm. And I've had them like years out from when they were bottled. And the coffee's still quite strong. Okay. And it's good. I mean, I know they say you want to do coffee stouts, you know, sooner than later. But I don't I don't think that applies to all beers with coffee. You no, know? I, I mean, obviously, and it also depends on what kind of coffee you're doing and mm-hmm. how much you put in there. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a wide variation. There's a lot that goes into it. As I'm sipping more, I'm getting a lot more vanilla. The vanilla, like, continually builds. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there's a tartness, a sourness to it, but it's it's, it's real soft, though. Yeah. It's super soft. There's also, like, um, there's some, like, a tannic quality. It's mm-hmm. not super strong, but it's, it's, it's drying. It's drying along with the sourness. So the sourness and the tannic quality are both uh, serving to dry my mouth, but not in a bad way. It's just... Which I'm assuming that tannic quality is probably coming from the barrel, the bourbon barrel. Yeah, maybe. The actual wood. So, yeah. 
Do you like it? Is it... I definitely like yeah, it. Yeah, it's nice. Thank you for thank you for sharing this. Yeah, this was our favorite. Um, well, other than White Angel, which is like a phenomenal sour that they don't sell in bottles, except they do like the one day release at the brewery, so it's just like gone. But um, uh, this Silencio, other than the White Angel, was our favorite beer when we went to Wicked Weed, and it was out. But we went to another. Um, a store that was not too far away called Brews and Ales, and I happened to go in, and I was like, oh my god, Silencio's on sale here. Oh. <laughs> so, I had to get a few bottles. We came back with some. So anyway, that's that. We'll continue to sip on it. Um, feel free to comment if you taste different things as it warms up. <clears throat> but, we're going to go to our topic. So, the big topic, the big talk around Maryland, where we are, is that Guinness, yes, Guinness, is going to be building a brewery in Baltimore. So first off, and there are a few aspects to this, what we're going to talk about, but the first thing is, Dan, Kim, your reaction to just having Guinness come to Baltimore. Well, I'm excited about, I'm excited for Baltimore. I mean, it's it's a really cool thing. I mean, Guinness has been uh, a, a really venerated company for a long time for a lot of people. I remember yeah. when... When I was first starting to drink beer, uh, this is, I mean, back in college, uh, uh, before the huge beer boom, Guinness was one of those venerated companies, and it's just honestly stayed. It still has a great reputation. People, you know, I'll be in some, sometimes I'll find myself in some really ho-dunk bar for some random reason, and they'll have crap, maybe San Adams, and Guinness. And so I know I can find between Sam and, and Guinness, I can I can get something tasty, tasty in a glass. So it's something I definitely appreciate that's out there. And you know what? I know they've br- uh, branched beyond uh, their dry stout, mm-hmm. and I've had some of them. They're good. Are they? You, what have you had? Have you had like their IPA? Yeah, their blonde. nitro IPA, and uh, have I had that blonde? Yeah, they had a blonde ale too. Those are the only two that I re- remember that they put out that yeah. were not stout. I know I've had the IPA and it's pretty good. It is more of an English style than American style, mm-hmm. so you just have to have that in your mind. And so just... a lot maltier, more earthy hops, noble hop varieties. Yeah, I, mean, I would say the and the the bitter quality is just it's it's not better or worse. It's just different. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something I always associated with English with English um, with English hops or yeah. English hoppy beers from England is that they just have a different bitter profile. Yeah. But it's good, and and it's got that nitro thing going on. So, you know, it's a still, still, uh, most beers are not nitro, do not have nitro um, bubbles in them. So it's it's just cool, and I'm just happy for Baltimore. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's an it's another company to bring in money to the state, which is good. Um, I did read that they're going to focus not so much on doing actual Guinness Stout but doing more American market craft beers is going to be their focus. So you're probably going to see more of like the Nitro IPA, more of the blonde, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested to see where they're going to go. How crazy are they going to get? Are they going to start doing like bourbon barrel aging or like any barrel aging? Are we going to ever see a Guinness Sour? I feel like, mm. I don't know. I feel like it could go anywhere, and that's what's most interesting to me. But at the same time... I'm probably not going to have a lot of their stuff because I'm more interested in supporting the much smaller breweries in the area. Well, I wonder from a business standpoint, are they, is it most, 
like they're just brewing there and they can so they can distribute from there to lower their distributing costs or is it going to be an attraction for the for the locals to come and see well i'm thinking well i'm sure it's it is going to be an attraction the the mock up of the building that i found and i'm sure people people can find that uh, online um if you just kind of look for the article there was like a mock up of the building it looks like a nice big inviting building that would be partially for some tourism you know oh, okay. so I think it is, they are kind of, mm-hmm. I, I mean, they have to know that bringing something like that, that has the the reputation that it does to America, that people are going to want to go there. It's yeah. going to be a destination. So they're going to be people. giving tours. Uh, maybe there's a tap room. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's definitely, there will definitely be a tap room. Is there going to be a, a restaurant as well? I did not hear about that. It would be smart for them to do that, but... You know, who knows? You know, another thing they could do is just Guinness gear. Like, Guinness yeah. shirts, yeah. Guinness uh, bottle I'm, openers, I'm Guinness sure. glasses. Like, just all that stuff that you can just sell and just slap their their uh, their branding on and just yeah. sell for a huge markup. You know, that's going to be a, a big a big thing, too. I mean, I want, some, I want something that says Guinness on it. I don't, but I, I understand people who do. Um, but I think the merchandise... It's just, like, going to be a natural thing. Right. You know what I mean? I feel like especially if it's going to be a touristy type thing. That right. But that's only if it's an attraction. If it's just, I think it will be. If it's simply a, a, a place to brew and distribute, then they wouldn't necessarily have that stuff. No, the sense I got from it is that they're going to make this, like, like a... What's the best way to put it? A form of attraction. Like, well, they, they are... are Thinking that it's going to be a, a big draw. Well, in order for that to happen, they're going to have to put out some sort of marketing or public relations or something like yeah. that just so that people know they're coming. Yeah. I mean, people like me and you will see the news, but... Because it's amongst the beer crowd. Right, amongst the beer crowd. But yeah. honestly, Guinness is one of those brands that a lot of casual uh, drinkers know about. And even if you don't know, if you, even if you're not a beer fan, you know the company Guinness. Mm-hmm. So those are the people that are going to have that they're going to want to market to. Yeah. Uh, another thing, going back a little bit, when you were talking about um, wondering if they were putting uh, this brewery in the U.S. for distribution purposes, just to cut down on cost, it could be to cut down on cost to ship to the United States. But I think also with keeping in mind that they want to do American style craft beers. You want um, you want it to be fresher when it gets to the market it's intended for. Yeah. So my thought is that's probably a pretty big portion of it. If they were thinking, oh, we want to do like more hoppy beers or we want to do more American market style beers, um, I, I think they probably just started thinking it just makes sense to have a brewery there for quicker distribution so it's fresher. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I mean, most most of the hops are still coming from the American Northwest and. You know, Baltimore's way closer than Ireland is. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's true. So there's a little bit of a, of a wrinkle of a twist uh, with all of this, and that's that since Guinness is coming, there's been some legislation. It, 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 I don't know if it's at the Senate or the House level in within Maryland. Wait, it's they've already... It's already been proposed. Okay. There's already been... It's pretty quick acting. Yes. Legislation proposed to help... Guinness with this. Now the piece that is being proposed literally this is this is a bill uh bill HB1391 which is uh and by the way Diageo owns Guinness. 
Um, so this is a bill, a bill that would actually increase the amount of barrels of beer, a, you know, con you can convert to kegs, that uh, Guinness will be able to sell out of its tap room. Now, currently, breweries in Maryland are only allowed to sell 8,000 kegs worth in... Um, a year. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's not, that's not current. 1,000 kegs worth. I'm sorry. They can sell 1,000 kegs worth out of their tap room in Maryland. Breweries. And this is like one pint at a time, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I, I think also six packs and, you know, and 22 and, ounces and stuff. Yeah, as long as they're selling it directly out of there. And, right. So they can do 1,000 kegs at the moment. There actually is another bill at the moment uh, being proposed to increase for all breweries in Maryland to 8,000 kegs a year. Okay. Which is one that a lot of people are saying, let's support this, let's, you know. That's a huge increase. That's that's um, eight times. Yeah, 1,000 to 8,000. <laughs> that's, that's eight times. I mean, and that is crazy. And I do kind of want to talk about that a little bit, but after we do the whole Guinness thing. Because Guinness, and, and keep in mind that, that the bill, which is Bill HB 1420, that is to... Uh, increase the kegs allowed to be sold for everyone, that's not necessarily going to go through. The Guinness one is on its own. It's just, just for So it's for an exception Guinness. just for Guinness. Just for Guinness. So whether or not the one, in, the one increasing from 1,000 to 8,000 goes through, there's still this separate one proposed just for Guinness, which would give Guinness the ability to sell 10,000 kegs worth. Well... And, here's the other part... Stay open three hours later than all other brewery tap rooms. That's ridiculous. So my first thought is, uh, it's it, you. The only reason to do something like that is to entice Guinness to come. Mm -hmm. But they're they're already coming. They already said they so are. what's the point of giving them the gift when they've already come? Because you know what? As uh, we just talked about, how much I respect and like Guinness, but honestly. They're a foreign company, so why are we bending over backwards to give an advantage to a foreign company when at the expense of local business? That doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Well, the thing is this. There, there could be palms being greased, you know. Right. Some people could be getting money to put this through and support this. We don't know. But there's also the aspect of um, just looking at it as the Baltimore area, it being a draw specifically for that area. Mm -hmm. A lot of the other breweries are scattered around the state. Yeah. So. That's true. Yeah, I mean, uh, Flying Dogs in what, Frederick? Or, yeah, Flying Dogs in Frederick. They're probably the biggest. Heavy Seas is in Baltimore. Yes, they are. I mean, what else is local? Uh, Union is also in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, there are a decent amount actually in Baltimore, but... There's nothing huge. Like, Flying Dog is the biggest, and right. it's in Frederick. You right. know, it's way far away from Baltimore. Yeah, and Duclaw is still tiny, and they're not in Baltimore either. Well, they're Rosedale, so they're close. Right. They're, they're just about... I think they a lot of people consider them Baltimore for that reason, but... Okay. I don't know. So maybe my point about, you know, it being big and being in Baltimore might not be that great of a point, but... Well, the something. other thing that strikes me is, like, you said that th there's a current cap of 1,000 yeah, kegs. kegs. Who does that cap serve? It doesn't serve the company because they want to be able to do more mm -hmm. for themselves. So it so this does this count? Does this count like bottles and and uh, cans? 
Yeah, and I'm not a hundred percent sure on. Or is it just? Or is it just open pints? Because it doesn't. It does not. Because I'll tell you, who, you know who the cap serves? The cap serves uh, bottle shops. That that yeah. that's who, that's who benefits from the existence of the cap. Yeah. Because if if they can only sell a certain amount, then they're forced to be putting their product in bottle shops. Right. Uh, so if that's that, that's an example of uh, you know p- of choosing winners and losers, mm-hmm. but there's I don't see any reason why they would why Guinness should be given special treatment over yeah. other companies. That's yeah. that seems ridiculous to me. I know, and, and that's been the thing. Like there have been a lot of pissed off craft beer people uh, and industry people in Maryland over that bill that's just to help Guinness out. Um, I don't think it's right. I definitely don't think it's right. And I do think if you're going to go increase it like that, then you have to increase it for everyone. Right. And to the 10,000. Like you it can't be a bill just for Guinness. It should be a bill for all breweries including Guinness. Right. And I don't foresee this happening, but what happens if Guinness comes and just dies within 2 years? <laughs> then you'll have created you'll have pissed off your whole community oh, yeah. and and created this law for a company that that tr- that tried and failed two years later. Yeah. So I don't I don't predict it's going to fail, but that's but it's it's the new business. Yeah. It's that's a definite possibility at any time you have a new business, I, and it just seems silly. I see what you're saying. They do have the name behind them yeah. as kind of like a safeguard, but yeah, at the same time, when people are so focused on craft beer, and they're it sounds like they're going to be focusing on you know American style craft beers. People, the crowd they're going for may very well just be like, well, it's Guinness, and kind of view them a little bit like AB InBev, and kind of be like, you know, not all that interested in drinking beer from them. We'd rather drink from our other local breweries like Union, Independent, Duclaw, stuff like that. Honestly, uh, as as recently as a couple years ago, to me, Guinness was their dry stout. The, the different, like, to say... Give me a Guinness is the same. Uh, that that that's the same thing. Right. <laughs> their dry stout is their is their brand. Yeah. And so if so if they're so if they're going to be trying to branch out into into different styles of beer, that's a different paradigm in a lot of people's mind of what of what Guinness is. Yeah. So, so there's no work. there's no it guarantee that if they branch yeah. out into all these different styles that those that those will be successful. I mean, I don't know what their numbers are off the top of my head, but um, on how their on how their um on how their their double stout, their blonde, and their IPA are doing right now. But I I would be surprised if their dry stout is still not their eat out not is not their bread and butter mm-hmm. like number one seller by far yeah because that's what's in bars if you go to a bar and order guinness you're getting the dry stout yeah well um i actually have more i want to talk about related to yeah. this so but uh we're already running a little on the long side so let's bump the rest of this conversation to the next episode sweet um so continuation everyone listen to the next episode if you were into this kind of thing it it won't be as much about guinness but they might come up but more about those other laws so uh just like i want to talk about the impacts and stuff like that so all right so that said let's transition to our mystery beers sweet first mystery beers of the recording session i'm excited and rebecca said before we started recording i am going to just put in beers that i want to drink tonight that's what she said. So I was like, okay. Yeah. Why, why should she do any different? I know. I mean, 
She can take the liberty. She puts in the legwork to go get these beers, so... Right. I'm down with it. So we got A and B in front of us. Very different looking. A is... Um... Orangish, yellowish? I would... Yeah, it's it's orangish. It looks like... Kind of like a watered-down, um... Orange soda. Yeah, it's it's got a bit of a haziness in there. A little bit hazy. I don't yeah, think it's, it's from being cold. It's definitely not from being cold. It's just a tad hazy. I, I would say it's a lot hazy. I mean, it looks I mean, nice. I don't see particulate matter, but it's, nah. it's definitely not clear. Well, it may not have gotten the bottom of the glass of the bottle. What am I getting? I'm getting... It's pretty light. Uh, I'm getting a little bit of malt sweetness and a tiny bit of hops, but it's it's pretty it's it's not smacking me in the face with its smell i get a little orange and some peach mixed in with the orange i'm also getting some tartness as well i don't know if i get a tart type smell that may be coming from like that peachy quality because peaches can have a little bit of a tartness that's true maybe it's something i associate with tartness that yeah. that might not come through in the flavor i get a slight a slight kind of, very, very faint, but like a faint cat pee aspect, which you can get from hoppy mm-hmm. beers. This doesn't smell like crazy aggressive hoppy. Right. But I And I usually get that cat pee from that, but I just get like a faint cat pee on there. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if this was tart, or it, or it wouldn't surprise me if I drank it and it tasted like a Vienna lager. Yeah. Like it could it could go in any direction. Well, that would surprise me because there's a bit of a sweetness coming through, like a sugary sweetness mm-hmm. coming through in the nose as well. So this would say more of like maybe like a regular IPA session IPA. I doubt it's an type IPA. Deal. I mean, just just I don't know. Just from the smell, I, I would be surprised if it's an IPA. It's a very subtle nose, but it's a nice nose. I I do enjoy the smell. Oh, that is interesting. It's really creamy. Ooh, it's super creamy. It's really drying though. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm getting a slight uh, I'm getting an ever so slight uh, tartness, like what I said. But mostly, I get a lot of malt, um, a little bit of that floral note that we mm-hmm. talked about. I'm, it's it's presenting itself more floral than peachy. I mean, it's but it's really pleasant. I mean. I think it's really easy to drink. I think you're right on the on the floral coming through in the flavor, but I am still getting a peachiness, and I'm also getting a little hint of like mango in it as well. Um, but it's also got this kind of um, pilsner finish to it, yeah. like a pilsner yeast type finish. Yeah, and I'm really enjoying this. This would go great with food, or just yeah. sitting back with uh, watching a show. Uh, it's just something that you can just enjoy and ignore. It's, yeah. It, just, it has its place. There's a bit of a sugariness on it, like we were getting in the nose, and it really just tastes to me like a very subtle, not as sugary, um, like citrus gummy. Like a mango, like, well, say like a mango peach gummy, mm-hmm. but not like crazy sugary. That's what it kind of comes off as to me. And the flavor is, it's a decent, it's decently robust. And then it, like, slowly fades from your tongue to nothing. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. And you know, the good. my favorite part of this is it's got, it's not thick, but it's 
just a really nice medium mouthfeel. Yeah. And it's got that great creaminess that it's just very kind of, creamy. It just kind of it just kind of fills your mouth and then just kind of goes away in, in a really in a really cool way. Let me ask you this. Do you do you taste this and what do you think about ale versus lager on this thing? Uh well, I said that that Pilsner, mm-hmm. there's like a little bit of like a Pilsner yeast type finish to it. Because um, this is reminding me of, this is reminding me of something German, like a German lager, honestly. that's it's, I'm not saying it is, but it, it's definitely yeah, reminding me of it. I can see that. I also get a little bit of a honey note on the finish, oh, which, I, which I usually get that along with. Maybe more of like those. a honeycomb than like straight honey. Sure. Yeah. I can see that. Um, it could be. It could be a lager. This is such like this is a confusing beer for me, but I like it. I, oh, yeah. I'm definitely on board. No, yeah, and like you were saying, like with food would be very nice. Um, I could see this yeah. being as like um like something in the vein of uh, Vienna Lager or a Marzen or something like that. With something else added, maybe, or like more generously hopped than it yeah. typically yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, if it's made by an American company, then that could definitely be the American case. style Vienna Lager, which right. would be a funny name, <laughs> American Vienna Lager. <laughs> Um, so ABV wise, I feel like this has got to be like five and a half. It could be, it could be four and a half. I mean, I mean yeah. it's pretty low. If know. it's, if it's a, if it's higher than six, I would be surprised. That's good though. It is I'm good. a fan. It is nice. It, it's delicate. It's easy to drink. It's tasty. Very good. Let's go to B, which is the polar opposite. It's super freaking dark, super, mm-hmm. super dark. And on, as, um, on it, the highlights on it are kind of purpley. Okay, I can see where you're going with that. Um, when I swirl it, there's not much of a head or a, just sitting there, but when I swirl it, I I can see what little bit of head appears is pretty brown. Yeah, and it's it's stick, it's sticking to the sides pretty good too. I'm yeah. smelling this thing. It is, it is thick. <laughs> it's <laughs> it a small thick. Um, I'm getting. Like prune juice and just um, okay. co- cocoa powder. Yeah, lots of cocoa powder. Yeah, that was the first thing that hit me as a, like, this is very chocolatey. But it's yeah. a mix, in my opinion, of a milk chocolate and dark chocolate. Oh, I'm getting way more dark chocolate than I have milk chocolate. I get it all, though. And it's got it's got a creaminess on the nose, very significant creaminess. I, I think it was very interesting with the prune juice thing. I often get, I do get that. You know, there's certain flavors that I often get in these. Um, let's if if it's a if it's a if it's like an imperial stout or something right. like that. I often get Probably. either prune juice or soy sauce yeah. along with you know coffee and chocolate and roast. Yeah. And but soy sauce and prune juice, it's, uh, I often perceive things as one of those two flavors. Yeah. I'm also getting a little bit of banana in the really? nose, which I have been getting a lot in. Stouts from time to time, hmm. which I think is kind of like chocolate and creaminess, and maybe some hops playing along with it, which is what makes it banana y, in my opinion. I, it's funny because I usually associate that banana taste with um, barrel aging, no, like like um, like wits and Belgians and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, well, those are like strong, strong banana. This is right, and those are like overripe banana. This is a little different. This is more like faint, right. maybe green bananas, well, like unripe. I recently bought like a 12 pack of Hogarden, and so I've been, I've been drinking a lot of that banana. Don't have too much of that at once because I it, people will tell you this is consensus that thing gives you the shits. 
literally too much Hogarden at once will give you the shits. I only drink like one glass. Okay, you're gonna be fine. <laughs> you're gonna be all right. No, I no, I'm almost done with it. Like, <laughs> all right, let's try this beer. Yeah. I'm excited. Wow, super cocoa powdery. Are you getting like a, real cocoa are you powder? Get, I'm getting a spice or a heat. There is definite. There's a definite heat to it. So I'm gonna say it's not something like cinnamon, but more something like ch- maybe something like chilies. But it could be cinnamon. But something. Oh yeah, it's definitely something like chilies. On that second sip, like the the burn in the back of my throat is cons- is considerably a con- oh, Jesus considerably higher. Um, yeah, it's building. With with all of that, it's got a ton of chocolate in there. Yeah. Dark, dark like dark chocolate. Dark. Yeah. And then with that burn, it's reminding me of like Mexican chocolate cake. Yes. It it is very much like that, which I also can see a, a little bit of a cinnamon to yeah. it, flavor wise. Yeah. Uh the dark chocolate to it is like pretty bitter. It's like real bitter dark chocolate. Yeah, and there's there's a significant roast. Man, this heat just builds. But yeah, it builds a lot. It's good. I'm only on like my second or third sip, and then it's building. It's I, like habanero, maybe. Yeah, well, it's, it's something more aggressive. This is not well, ancho chilies. Well, those. Uh, I don't know. I think it might be a roasted chili, like an ancho or. Uh, no, I. Well, you think it's a fresh chili rather than a roasted chili? Yeah. Yeah. There's. Ton- I'm getting tons of that roast flavor in there too from the roasted malts. Yeah, it's very roasty. Yeah. It's. It's a good beer. It's good. I, I just I I would like that heat from whatever pepper mm-hmm. to to be brought down a little bit. But really? that's a personal thing. I think that's what I think that heat is what gives this beer its personality. Honestly, uh, another thing I'm getting from this is that uh, as accompanied <coughs> often with these types of beer <coughs> is um as <coughs> like a chalkiness, which I don't particularly enjoy, but I just kind of accept as as it it comes along with this particular party. I'm sorry for all the noise where you're talking. Oh yeah, I um, I took another sip and that the pepper hit me really hard. Well, like this, really hard. This is the kind of beer if, if you if you get it in your windpipe as opposed to your esophagus, <clears throat> it can screw you up. Uh, yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I was liking this beer a lot more early on. Uh, it, literally every time I take a sip, the heat is increasing. Yeah considerably. Yeah, it definitely sticks to your, like, soft palate and the back of your throat. Back of my throat especially. Um, I'm probably gonna bring that down, the rating on this down, because (laughs) that heat is a little excessive. Actually, it's more than a little excessive. It's excessive. Uh, I mean, it's not, like, crime or punishment or anything like that. I would say this is even less heat than Habanero Sculpin. Uh... Yeah, um, they may be about Maybe around the same, the same. Around the same. So if you're scoring at home, like we're saying, the heat, pretty considerable. Pretty, yeah, it's considerable, but it's it's. I would, say, I think that's a good comparison as far as heat level is concerned. Yeah. Is habanero sculpin is about yeah. is about where we are. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go back and take a sip of A because I think it's gonna be even more refreshing <laughs> after that. Yeah, especially that peach note and the malts. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It gets even more peachy and mango-y. I don't get that mango-y. God, that is just, that's just delicious. That's a nice <laughs> beer. That's a nice beer. I like that. Okay. So now we got to figure out numbers for these. I'm going to... Mm-hmm. 
I gotta make a quick decision. Okay, I know where I'm going. You know where you're going. You want me to go first? You I go want first. you to go first. I'm debating between two numbers. I I just want to know how, like, where you are. Like, so I respect a quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like crazy amazing. It's easy drinking. It's nice. It's flavorful. I'm gonna give it a five, which is pretty good for me. Yeah, and you know what? One you used a word to describe it before delicate mm-hmm. and that's it is it's pretty delicate so it's really delicate it's subtle but we drank it after b which was super robust and Impressive. strong and when we drank it again it held its own and not only yeah. that it enhanced itself yeah. which which is hard to do i was vacillating between honestly a giving i was considering giving this a seven but i'm very happy to give want? this a six um well, what do you want to give it what's your final you do what you want which one, man? All right, I'm gonna give it a seven, man. Like, okay, if that's how you actually feel, like don't temper yourself just because. No, no, no. no. I, I gave it. Lower. I feel strongly about this. Okay, and, seven. Yeah, and you know, overall six. That's a good rating. It's yeah. quite good. Very good. This is a good one. It is nice. So then B, uh, I am gonna give B a four. Uh, I would give it a five, but that heat is. They got to get a, a handle on that. It's it is too much. It, it's too much. When it's hitting me as aggressively as it is on the in the back of my throat, I, I couldn't drink a whole glass of this. No. I couldn't this, even drink half. This is no, you want to share this with at least I would say the minimum amount of people to drink this beer is three. But if you wanted to up it to like five or six to share one bottle of this, that'd mm-hmm. be totally fine. But in a beer like this, where it's a huge stout with a with a heat component to it, you, no, I. You shouldn't be drinking this by yourself. Right. So I'm going to view it in those contexts. Uh, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to give this a five. This okay. is a good beer too. That's fine. So overall, four point five. All right. So the winner is a obviously overall six. B is the loser, but still did well with a yeah, four point five. Two good beers. Two good beers. So B overall four point five. The kind of loser of the episode. Okay. Uh, it is by Evil Twin Brewing, and it is their Aun Mas Todo Jesus, or Jesus. Jesus. In that case. Say it again. <laughs> Aun Mas Todo, Todo Jesus. It is, first of all, it's 12% alcohol, which I could not perceive. And I think it's because the pepper, that pepper aspect hides it. But it is a, technically a malt beverage, it says, Malt beverage with cinnamon, cocoa nibs, chili peppers, and coffee beans added. Yeah. That's probably where you're, you're getting that significant roast to it. It was probably like a roasted coffee no, yeah, type. No, yeah, I'm, I can see where the coffee was. you want was. to see it, there it is. Um, I like Evil Twin, uh, but dude, um, yep dial it back, bro. <laughs> <laughs> dial it back. Even the, so the, the, um, uh... The design, the graphic mm-hmm. design on it is just, it looks like, it looks real 70s where it, it's, does. it looks like um, uh, it's exploding out of the center, but in these uh, three colored stripes that are exploding out of the center, and it's got yeah, a it's real a retro, type. it has a real 70s yeah. retro feel to it, and, but it, but it also was like saying like, hey, look at me, I'm something special. Yeah. It's cool, man. I like this thing. It's cool. All right. Well, let's find out what the winner was. A, with an overall of six, which is quite good for this podcast, uh, is 
Oh my god. It's Maui Brewing. Oh, nice. Are you kidding me? This is Maui Brewing. This might be the best thing I've ever had from Maui. <laughs> uh, it's definitely the best thing I've ever had from Maui. I don't think I've ever had this one either from them. Like, ever, ever. 5.5%. I was right on the alcohol by volume. Good job. It's their Pineapple Mana. I've had the Mana, which is just a wheat beer. So this is a uh, Maui Gold Pineapple. Gives sweet aroma to this smooth-bodied tropical brew. So it's just it's just a wheat beer with pineapple. You know it's, what? It's a super simplistic thing, but it there's a lot going on. And it's just good. You know what? And it makes so much sense that it's pineapple and yeah. and wheat beer. Now that you say those two things, the yeah. whole thing just makes sense. But people a lot of times uh uh craft beer drinkers kind of scoff at wheat beers. They're good, man. Like, yeah. The and, pineapple, and when, when they're done well, they're, they're just really good. Tasting it right now, like, that pineapple still tastes weird. Like, it doesn't taste like fresh pineapple to me. But just kind it, of... It tastes like, but like a about, sweetened, yeah, uh, but, artificial... Yeah, but just think about the flavors that are in pineapple. It's tart, it's sweet, it's floral, right. it has a yeah. vanilla no, component. No, you're right. Pineapple has a vanilla component to it, too. Like... It's a really people just think it's oh this is this tastes like pineapple. Pineapple yeah. actually tastes pretty complex when you break That's it down. True. No, you're right about that. And I wasn't I I wasn't saying that the way it tasted artificial to me. I wasn't saying that to say that I think it is artificial pineapple. I don't think it's artificial pineapple in here. I just think that it tastes like it is to me because the particular pineapple used I a maybe never had. Or B, where it's coming from, it's more complex yeah. than what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. It's just like a totally different flavor. Yeah. And this would, honestly, this would go great with ice cream. It would go great with pork chops. <laughs> uh, dude, it would go so great with pork chops. This would... Rosemary? Yeah. Some rosemary? Uh, um, I don't know. Like I like rosemary. I know you like... I'm, I'm, I like rosemary sometimes. <laughs> This would go great with like ham. Yeah. Oh yeah. This, this would go great with like with like smoked brisket, like <laughs> or like a smoked pulled pork. This would go great with like pound cake. Yeah. This, it would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we have a really awesome uh, Hawaiian cuisine restaurant that just opened up oh, yeah, near called us. Uncles called Uncles uh, Hawaiian Grinds, and um, I think they might have this beer available there. What? This beer with one of their dishes would be awesome. So that's going to be my go-to. If the pineapple mana is available at Uncle's, I'm doing it the next time we go. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much of a stronger endorsement I'm going to get than saying the next time I'm at a bottle shop, I'm going to get a six-pack of this. Oh, like, nice. That's great. And it, this is one of the things I love about this show. It's that I I went through a stint where I was drinking a little bit of Maui some time ago. I appreci- appreciated their coconut porter for what it was. I had a little bit of a stint with that, and then I had a little bit of a stint with their Big Swell IPA, and then I just kind of, like, moved past it, and then I was kind of like, eh, Maui, but this kind of reinvigorates me on them. It makes me want to try more, and that's what I love about this podcast is things I wouldn't necessarily reach for, mm-hmm. they end up in front of me, and then I'm just like, oh. I mean, I have to admit, like, a lot of times I confuse Maui and Kona, which, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. That's but... racist. So racist. Yes. <laughs> 
don't... Regionalist? Is that actually what it would be? Like, regionalist or they're localist? Just or... the two I know from Hawaii. <laughs> well, they're the only two from Hawaii that are distributed here. Right. So, yeah. So, right. So, I I just... A lot, so, a lot of times when, I, when I'm trying to think of what Maui makes, I'm actually thinking of Kona beers. Oh. Uh, well, I will say... My recollection of what Maui makes versus what Kona makes, I do think overall that I prefer Maui to Kona. Yeah, I, I and, think and so too. by a lot, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, so. but it's just, yeah, I'm gonna seek this out. Good. Well, that's a that's a ringing endorsement from Dan Kim. Um, Maui Brewing. If you hear this, maybe you uh, want to send like a, a case of your pineapple mana to Dan Kim. Well, I also spent three years living in Hawaii, uh, so go. if you want to. Buy me a house in Hawaii. That'd be sweet, too. And I promise I will drink it. Maybe they can make that happen. Maybe. Anyway, uh, thanks, Dan Kim, for being here. We're going to continue our conversation in the next one. We're going to continue to sip on the Wicked Wheat Silencio. Yeah, need a refill. Yeah, still tasting good. Feel free to get some more. Uh, I'm sorry, Evil Twin. I'm going to dump the rest of this. Um, Aun mas todo Jesus because it's too much heat. It's too much heat. But I appreciate your effort. (laughs) Anyway, all that said, uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. And please remember to keep it brutal. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production. 